0: Get ready to stand on guard for thee.
1: Prohibition is over, Saskatchewan. Ask Lucky Bastard today how you can make Canada's ultimate Caesar,
2: true north and strong. Featuring Lucky Bastard's premium dill pickle vodka, LB's famous bacon rimmer, and bacon bitters. It's not a Caesar if it's not Lucky Bastard. Order online or stop by 814 47th Street East. And tonight, why not mix your Caesar with some Lucky Bastard?
3: All right, welcome back everybody to the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud member of the Hockey Podcast Network and the official podcast of Left Wing Lock. I'm Devin Davidson, your host with me as always, Bruce Gunther. Tonight we got John Enns and a special guest, TJ Branson from 5-Hole Fantasy Hockey. TJ, thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me, guys. How are you doing tonight?
3: Fantastic. Uh, pretty excited about tonight's episode, episode 80. We're going to talk about the Metro Division, part two. So we're going to cover off Carolina, Columbus, New Jersey, and the Islanders. Uh, like we always do, we're going to cover John's list and headlines with the hacks. Bruce, we actually have some news this week, so that's good. We do. That's good. Yeah. Uh, I saw you frantically typing in some notes about five minutes ago, so <laughs> they should be current as of Monday night. <laughs> yeah, um, finally. TJ, I'm excited to have you on. Obviously, like I, said, I mentioned earlier, I'm a listener of your show as well. I think you guys do a great job over there. Well, thanks. Doing a, a nice job of keeping it both technical and, and entertaining, so uh, I appreciate that as a listener.
2: Yeah, the, the, the drinks, they help
3: for sure. No question. Uh, I guess on that note, maybe just for any of our listeners that aren't aware, uh, let them know about your show and where they can find you.
2: Uh, So we're five hole fantasy hockey. You can find us on Twitter at FHF hockey. We got a fantasy hockey discord where geez, we're 1700 strong by now. It kind of just happened last week and it's a big, huge community. So if anybody wants to, it's free. It's, you know, everybody's pretty helpful there. There's going to be some pricks left and right, but you get 1700 people together. There's going to be some bad eggs, but uh, bad eggs, Sometimes they're funny. Um, yeah, so our podcast, we keep it light. Um, we mix analytical with empirical. So we got the eye test. We got uh, a little bit of the nerdy stuff. And we just try and keep it fun. I mean, this is something that, you know, if nobody listened, we'd still be doing it. We'd be getting on Zoom. We'd be talking to each other, just, you know, kind of shooting the crap about uh, about hockey, fantasy hockey. So keep casual. Keep it fun. Hopefully people uh, people dig it.
3: Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, well, let's let's do the just that tonight. Let's keep it light. Let's have some fun. Pick on John a little bit. How about it? It's because I've been missing for a while, hasn't it? Yeah, that's yes. it. You've been busy, though. you got harvest going on, so that's all right. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, all right, so I, before I move on, I should just mention this episode is brought to you by Lucky Bastard Distillers. They opened in 2012 and inspired from a lottery win. Lucky Bastard Distillers is proud to be the first distillery to operate in Saskatoon since Prohibition, home of Canada's ultimate Caesar. Mix your drink tonight with Lucky Bastard. Use promo code hacks to get 15% off your next online order. Shipping available across Canada. Uh, TJ, I'm not sure if you can get it, but they got some great dill pickle vodka if you're into vodka. So check it out.
2: Gin. I'm in a gin kind of mood lately, man. If you've ever had, I'm going to get off topic just to start it. Um, a French 75. Man, this drink is great. It's champagne. It's lemonade. It's gin. You can drink way too many of them. We're, we're, we're starting to get into winter, so you have to change with the seasons, I suppose, to whiskey. But, uh, man, that's a good summer drink.
3: That that seems really fitting for summer, actually. Yeah, I have to give that it's a shot. It's
2: perfect. It's it's dangerous. They're yeah, really good.
3: It sounds like it. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's let's move on here to John's list. So, TJ, I'm not sure if you ever listening to the show, but this is just uh, a nice way for us to kick off the episode, break the ice a little bit. It's uh, John's shit list of players, past and present. Sometimes it's just topical. Uh, today, John actually has a player for us, and as always, <laughs> you have a, you have some good insight, right, John?
0: Good good insight. Give him hell. Uh, Oh, yeah. Uh, No, this (laughs) week's player on the list is uh, Blake Wheeler. Um, Yeah, number one dude is trash. Um, (laughs) The fact that he wasn't able to actually give the leadership to hold on to the C um, and just letting that locker room get away. Um, Yeah, I've never liked the guy, and that just not helping his cause, but...
3: TJ, I'll let you. If you want to, if you have any thoughts on on Blake Wheeler, I'd love to hear him. It's more
2: Winnipeg as a whole, man. That that whole locker room. You know, you're you're hearing this, you're hearing that. You know, PLD asked for a trade. He doesn't ask for a trade. Blake Wheeler and Mark Scheifele are like real clicky, and they're not really getting along. And then bonus comes in and he strips the C. It, man, to be a fly on that wall, it's got to be toxic in there. I'm I'm nervous for him. Like, you know, Winnipeg. I love Kyle Connor. PLD is one of my. You know, I like my banger guys. So, yeah, uh, man, it's it's weird. There is a weird vibe around Winnipeg this year, and Blake Wheeler kind of encapsulates all of
3: that. Absolutely, D- Darren Drager was on Twitter talking about how Bonus said this really had nothing to do; it didn't reflect on on Wheeler's leadership and all the rest of it. And and that's fine to say publicly. Doesn't it feel political though? It, it kind of totally feels, does. Yeah, absolutely. They, everything you just said hit the nail in the head. There, there is some issues in that locker room. Um, saying that, are are you avoiding Jets players at all in drafts? Or are you are you just drafting guys like Kyle Connor regardless?
2: I think there's been people have been undervaluing Josh Morrissey. Uh, go look at his like if you're in a banger league, his peripherals are right up there with Neil Pionk, and that that's kind of Neil Pionk's claim to fame is that oh why doesn't he get the power play? This is the guy that bangs. Go ahead, do yourself a favor, go look at the like between the two of them, and then look at the ADPs, and and you can get Josh Morrissey who. Last year was on the power play, and this year, we can cross our fingers, but uh, he's probably first crack there, and he's been going really late. So Josh Morrissey has been NPLD. Um, I get him in like the 12th round. He's dual eligible. He bangs. Uh, Those two have been the ones that I've been kind of targeting. I've also noticed Shifley's been falling. He's in like the 7th or 8th round, so maybe there's a little bit of value. I think maybe this toxicity, the, the rumor, the reputation of Winnipeg this year is something that people are kind of avoiding altogether but uh they do have a fair amount of off nights too this year i think they're like third so it's you know it's a little bit beneficial to to bite that bullet
3: one guy i've been thinking of is connor hellebuck i'd like your thoughts on him because i feel like there's some real value to be had with connor hellebuck this year i mean the jets could shit the bed but hellebuck not long ago was it considered a top three goalie in the league and and he's fallen quite a bit in drafts right
2: Yeah, I'm finding him in the seventh most cases too. And a lot of the leagues that I'm in value volume and nobody's played more hockey in net than Connor Hellebuck over the last three years. So if you, if you're somebody that is looking for a value volume goalie, he's one of the ones that I put at the top of the list. And I got it right here about the off nights, um, Winnipeg 34 this year. And usually Anaheim is like that team that people key mark for that. And they got 41. So you're really not too far behind right up there with like the Rangers, um, actually ranked second from the looks of it. So get your Hellebuck's, uh, play them on the off nights, get your Kyle Connors, your Mark Shifley's, lots of value
3: there. Perfect. Uh, one thing I'll mention tonight too, TJ, with your permission, I'm going to reference your your ADP list here, just because I know I'm you guys of, yeah. do such a nice job. Uh, it's, it's probably more uh, accurately reflects what's going on within in drafts right now. So uh, we've got all of the Yahoo ADPs, but just if you don't mind, we'll reference some of this as well.
2: For sure, absolutely.
3: Okay, uh, and then I guess with that, Bruce headlines. Let's uh, let's go to headlines and take it away.
1: The whole whopping two minutes it'll take to blow through this, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So news this week came out: St. Louis Blues have signed Senator Jordan Kairou to an eight-year, sixty-five million dollar extension. Uh, it's exactly the same AAV as Robert Thomas. Kairou had a career season last year with 27 goals and 84 points in 75 games.
3: Okay, so TJ, I'll go to you again here. I, you're a Kairou fan, are you not?
2: I am. Yeah. Okay. I what's your a thoughts lot. on that? Uh, the AAV? This one, I guess, if I was in a cap league with Kairou, I would, I'd, I'd be, I guess, relieved that it's over. Uh, you know, it's not. <laughs> they didn't wait another year for him to to bust out even further to, to pay the guy, but you know, him and Robert Thomas, you're building yourself a pretty good core for the future. I'm pretty happy with that.
1: Cool. All right, Bruce. Good stuff. Uh, next on the list, Dallas star signed Jim Nil to a one-year contract extension. Uh, Nill <laughs> now needs to mm-hmm. get uh, RFA, Jason Robertson signed before the season starts, which uh, you take a look at what Cairo and Thomas have been paid could be a tall order considering uh, Dallas doesn't have that much cap space.
3: Yeah, that's that's a good question. It's a good point, Bruce. Like I, Very curious to see what Robertson signs for. Um, I mean, TJ, right now, if you had to choose between Jason Robertson or one of those two Blues guys, who are you taking?
2: Oh, that's actually tough. Because um, I do think Kiru and Robertson are both Kairu. I got to get over that Kiru thing. I mean, it's so ingrained in me, but uh, <laughs> forgive me for that, everybody. But yeah. Both of these guys are, like, very sustainable. Jason Robertson, his... A lot of primary points, Jordan Kyrou, um, Kyrou. The same thing. It's just I like a lot of his stats. There's nothing there to red flag at this point. It's hard to say. It really is hard to say. I like those guys about the same. And if I'm Jason Robertson, I'm looking at Tim Stutzler's contract, Jordan Kyrou's, and I'm thinking, all right, it's time to get paid. It's amazing. They they paid Jim Nil before they paid
1: Robertson. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah that's kind of funny mm.
1: uh, topic we covered already so Blake Wheeler has been removed as the captain of the Winnipeg Jets they are announced that they are going to play the 22-23 season without a captain they're going to have a bunch of assistants or alternates do you think I guess a, it would be
3: do you guys think someone like Kyle Connor would step up and be like would he get to see at some point or like where does that go I, I just don't know who they go to in that room
2: Maybe PLD, maybe they, they throw him a line so that he wants to stay. Yeah. Maybe yeah. uh I, I think Connor makes a lot of sense, but I got a tinfoil hat theory if you guys got time for it. Uh, absolutely. I don't know if the, the captain's on the team right now. I think uh, you know, seeing how this season goes and whether or not they gotta shake it up top to bottom going into next year, maybe the maybe the captain's not even there yet.
3: Hey, I, I can totally believe that for sure.
2: I'm Team Chaos, so it's going to be it's
3: gonna be fun to watch. <laughs> it makes for a better story, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: uh, all right, Bruce, what else you got? All right, we have a resolution in the Evander Kane situation. He and the San Jose Sharks have reached a settlement on their dispute. Uh, reports are that Kane will receive a one-time payment and the Sharks will have a salary cap charge. I don't think the numbers have actually been announced or will be announced, but it sounds like it's all done. It's good long to have time. that behind us. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Took way too long.
3: All right. Uh, um uh, on that topic too, actually, TJ, I'll just go to you again here. Evander Kane. Uh I've got this guy in at least one league in a keeper. Is is he keeper territory? Like I had him in three leagues last year, but I don't know are you are you taking him with one of your first three picks?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I have been. Yep.
3: Yep. Okay.
2: Yeah, it's it's usually it's between him and Timo Meyer that I that I have to make a choice between. Uh but he is the ceiling is just it's hard not to bet on there. You know, he could be alongside McDavid for the whole the whole season. He could play top power play. This could be an impressive, impressive season. I guess the the downside is he's not on power play one, but, you know, he's going to be in the top six with one of those guys.
3: Yeah. And there's there's a possibility he sees power play one time, too. They, they kind of they rotated between him and Hyman, I think, last year. Uh, and Puglia, we got some time on Powerplay 1 as well. If I
2: All three that. guys, they have a pretty strong net front build, so it's going to be one of those guys.
3: Yeah. Okay, and
1: then TJ's going to love this next piece of news, Bruce. Yeah, uh, yeah it came out this afternoon. Sean Couturier of the Philadelphia Flyers sustained an upper body injury while training just days after being medically cleared from his previous injury. Uh, he's considered week-to-week at this point. He'll be evaluated at training camp. Reports are it's herniated discs in his back. They're hoping it'll heal in six to eight weeks. If not, surgery could be required and he could be done for the season. You
2: know how hard it is being a Flyers fan, man?
1: <laughs> well, you're talking to three
3: Oilers fans, so we, we have some yeah. inclination as to what it would be like.
2: Well, at least you guys, like, there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel, at least, you know?
3: Yeah, yeah. Now there is, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Nobody
2: hates the Flyers more than Flyers fans. Like, everybody <laughs> thinks that they're... The rivals, you know, it's, it's, oh, no, the Penguins hate him the most. No, the Rangers hate him the most. No, it's Flyers fans. We
1: hate him. You could (laughs) say there is a light at the end of the tunnel just to light the train.
2: I mean, uh, my silver lining here is that there is no possible way now that Chuck Fletcher, I mean, he signed uh, Antoine Roussel and Artem Anisimov today to professional tryouts. And, you know, he's been talking about this retool on the fly. We go out and get Tony D'Angelo and throw him at John Tortorella so that he could be here. You know, we got you a defenseman. We know how much you like to play defense. We got you the worst defenseman in the league. He can shoot a lot, but he's, you know, he's going to let a lot of shots in too. So I don't know this, this season's going to be a mess. And hopefully we, you know, we get Bedard, Mishkov, one of those high picks next year. And that would be, that's the only, but it's never going to happen. Like when was the last time something good happened to the flyers? It was Carter Hart. And look at him now.
3: I was just going to ask you about Carter Hart. So is there any hope for that guy this year oh. or beyond?
2: No, I mean that's our Sean Couturier, that's our that's our Barkov, that's our yeah, Bergeron, right? That's he might yeah. be the only actual defenseman on the team. I mean, he's a forward <laughs> and now, he's out forever. So uh prayers to Carter Hart. Jeez, those John Tortorella press conferences are going to be fun. But uh this is going to be a this is going to be a rough friggin' season and New Jersey will probably push us down in the lottery again. So looking
3: forward to it. Oh man feel for you <laughs> all um, right bruce what else we got? one one last piece of news here
1: one last piece of news that the dallas stars acquired defenseman oh i'm gonna butcher this name Niels lundquist bang on the ranger sorry
2: bang on yep
1: oh good <laughs> one i didn't <laughs> mess up um from the new york rangers for a 2023 first round pick top 10 protected and a 2025 fourth round pick Which becomes a third if he score or earns, sorry, fifty five points or more in the next two seasons combined. That seems like a reasonable bet, no?
2: That first round pick is going to be useful at the trade deadline. Now they have two.
3: Yeah, big move. Um, I I saw Dauber was was pumping Lundqvist tires. I don't know much about this guy other than he was a top rated prospect a couple years ago. TJ, any insight on that player?
2: So I think he wanted to leave New York. There's an, there's another prospect there, a defenseman, uh, Zach Jones, who kind of leapfrogged him in the pecking order. And I think Lundqvist might've been a little bit incensed about it. Uh, you know, you're looking at guys like Keandre Miller getting a extended look. Adam Fox, obviously we're years past him being a rookie, but, uh, you know, all these guys are progressing and we haven't really seen a bunch from Lundqvist. So he requested a trade and Jim Drury still gets a first round pick out of it. And, uh, I think this is great for the New York. I do think they're going to flip that first round pick at the trade deadline and add something uh, that's just going to make them even better for Nils Lundqvist. I think this is, this is good. We're going to see him maybe on one of the top two pairs. Um, I don't want to hype train him up too much, but uh, I can see him with like Esalen but actually playing hockey, anybody that's holding on to him at a dynasty, like you're going to, you're going to get some stats out of this kid this year. So I'm, I'm pretty excited. I think this is a good move for him uh, fantasy wise and great for, I don't really see a loser in this one. I think everybody kind of makes
1: out.
3: Yeah, it seems like a good hockey trade to me, honestly.
1: Yeah, because he's a right-shot defenseman, which is something that Dallas doesn't really have a, a quantity of. Like Heiskin and that they're all left-shot defensemen. They're not right-shot.
3: And there was cool. a, a surplus of those guys in New York, right? There's lots yes. of righties in New York. so yeah. H- Hence his trade request, I think. Just made yeah, sense. He, yeah. yeah,
1: he was refusing to report the training camp.
3: Okay, thanks Bruce for headlines, and I, I guess while we're on the topic of New York as well here, TJ, I just want to get your thoughts something about Igor Shisterkin. Um So, so Nate actually from Apples and Genos, he's joining us on the show next week. Oh, right on. Uh, I know you guys are, are buds. You guys t- chat quite a bit and stuff. Yep, tell him um, what's up. I will definitely do. Yeah, uh, of course he's got his zero G strategy, his draft strategy. So I just want to get into draft <laughs> strategy really quickly with you. You're I setting love your me up. thoughts. <laughs> I am a little bit here. I I, I love your thoughts on zero G. <laughs> And and a guy like Shisterkin, um, you know, is 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 Vasilevsky still the top ranked goaltender in your mind? And, yes. and where are you taking goaltenders in drafts?
2: I've been seeing him to, to answer the first question. Yeah, Vasilevsky. I think there's for me there's more of a rapport, and I think a lot of people will agree. Like he's been a top goaltender for a long time. Igor Shosturkin was a top goaltender for one year, and he played fifty three games. Um, you know, next year they got Halak, so we're we're guessing for volume again, and that's going to be great. But um, can he? Be, like he was almost breaking records all year. Can he do that again? I don't know. But I have an idea of what Vasilevsky can do, just based on the you know the past five years. So I know what Tampa is. I don't know what kind of New York Rangers we're going to get. I assume they're going to be good, but I don't have to assume with Tampa. So just for me, for peace of mind, I like Vasilevsky number one. Igor Shosturkin and all the mocks and all the. The listener leagues we set up, like we've done, I don't know, I want to say like three dozen drafts over the last few months and, and Shisirkin always goes in the same area. And it's been, surprisingly enough, late second, early third. And at that point, I get what Nate's trying to do with 0G and it makes a lot of sense, but in the third round, it's it's hard to ignore. That kind of value just sticks out like a sore thumb. So that stability, that peace of mind that you get with a, uh, with a really good goalie, that's a category that nobody's putting in their league, but it's a very important category. Just that um peace of mind, you know, a goalie that's sturdy. I, I don't mind him in the third. Um, but I will say on zero G, most guys uh they they bookmark the 10th round for their goalie. So I've been enjoying, thoroughly enjoying taking goalies in the ninth round because <laughs> I already know they, they've got them queued up in the 10th, so I get the pick of the litter. And I'm, you know, I'm not wasting too much of a draft pick, especially when I know all those same forwards are going to be there for me because half the next round is going to be goalies.
3: I love it. I, I, I would, you know, I have a healthy respect for Nate's strategy, zero strategy. I think it's great. I, I did fade goaltenders last year. In my mind, there's, there's two goalies for sure that I have no problem taking early. That we just talked about them, and then the other guys might be someone like Soros or, or Hellebuck if I can get them at a good enough price point, but. Um,
2: you know, who's been slipping too is, uh, Freddie Anderson. I've noticed him a little bit later too. And I I like that one.
3: Where's he going? So in your mock drafts, 93rd overall right now, is that, that's his ADP. Mm. -hmm. That seems like really good value for Freddie Anderson.
2: He's, he's sneaking by a lot of people and that's, that's what I like
3: about it. So I, Hey, you know what? That's a great segue. So let's, let's talk about the Carolina Hurricanes. So we're going to get into our fantasy hockey preview, talk about the Carolina hurricanes. Um, We'll get to Anderson in a second. So, kind of the way we've been doing this, TJ, I'm just going to rattle off some stats for the team what they did last year. I mean, it always doesn't it doesn't always apply to the the upcoming season, but just for frame of reference. And then I'll ask you, did the team get better, worse, or no different, And then we'll talk about Freddie Anderson. So, uh, the Hurricanes were first in the Atlantic, 54 20 and eight goals for was 3.39 was ninth overall goals against 2.44 was first in the NHL. Goals 4 percentage was 58.07%, which was third in the league. Corsi 4 was first at 55.77. And special teams are both pretty good here. Power play was 22%, was 13th overall. The PK was 88%, first in the league. They've got 14 back-to-back sets this season. That's tied for the third most in the league with seven other NHL clubs. Uh, 35% of the games played on light days, so fewer than 50% of teams in action. They added Brent Burns. Max Pacioretty, who now has that Achilles injury. Uh, Andre Kasha and Paul Stastny. And then key departures here. Ian Cole went to Tampa. Max Domi went to Chicago. Niederreiter went to Nashville in that trade. Um, Tony D'Angelo went to Philly, as you would mentioned earlier. And then Vincent Trocek went to the Rangers. So um, just to answer my earlier question, do they get better, worse, or no different?
2: It's hard to say. Um, That 2C is going to be what kind of makes or breaks their offseason. Is it Stasny? Is that something that they did methodically? Or are they going to go with Yasperi uh, Kotkaniemi there? Is it going to be Jordan Stahl? That 2C is going to be the most glaring. Like, no matter who you add, you know, patch ready on paper, it looked great. And then you find out he's hurt. Brent Burns is huge. Uh, but 2C is going to be, that's going to be wild to watch. I do think they got better, though, as a whole.
3: Okay, so I agree that that 2C is a big concern for me especially with cock and yammy i don't have a lot of faith in that player right now i'll be honest um and i don't think that carolina does either judging by the fact they brought in paul stastny do you see a scenario where maybe they just play jordan stall at 2c because they kind of know what to expect from him
2: you gotta put yourself in in rod the bod you know you put him in in his shoes um i think when trying to think like rod it's probably jordan stall um that second line, if you're running Sveshnikov, Kakinyami, Nietzsche, that's a young line. That's a green line. Uh, so you want to have somebody like a Stasny, who, who can also double as a left wing, or somebody like Jordan Saul, who does a little bit of everything. So what's nice is they have options. There's no real surefire perfect option, but there's options. And I think everybody's going to get a look. Daily Faceoff right now has um, Stasny up there, left wing lock, same thing. I'm not sure. What they're gonna do until we start seeing some camps but uh yeah this top six looks it looks fine on paper
0: okay uh
3: freddie anderson so you mentioned him earlier his yahoo adp last i checked was 53rd overall so that's interesting that in your mocks like I which i expected to be more realistic um he was actually falling more so i, I should check yahoo again to make sure that's accurate but um anyway i've got him pegged here for 55 starts and 36 wins are you taking the over or the under on on those numbers?
2: Mm, that's a tough one. Got it. And it's so hard to take the push. I think that's like a you know give or take two of each, and that's about where you're going to wind up. I think it's a pretty solid. Um, stat line: uh, these guys they get hurt quite a bit. Anderson and Ronta, so it's hard to really pin down. Uh, Fifty five starts. I want to bet the under, but it's not going to be by much. 36 wins. I think that's about fair. So I might push that one.
0: Okay.
3: That's funny because we joke about that all the time. John said you can't push. And then Mike, well, our buddy Mike from Left Wing Lock came on, and I think the first thing he said was push. And that's the first thing you just said. So, <laughs> John, it, it, it can be done. <laughs> no.
2: 236.5. No. I'll, I'll take the under. Okay. There you go. There you go.
3: Uh, all right, let's go to Brent Burns just because you had mentioned him. I, I'm pretty big trash. on Brent Burns this year. Yeah, you're saying trash. No, I mean, you've never gosh. liked the player,
2: but that's wrong.
3: I, I, I'm a big fan of Brent Burns and I think he's in for a big season. I've got him for fifteen goals and sixty eight points. Do you like the over or the under? Man,
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna pump his tires too, but I'm gonna take the under on sixty eight. I'll take the over on, on sixty, but I gotta take the under on sixty eight.
3: Okay, fair enough. John, you're going down. I saw that, I'm, yeah. I'm going under. Okay. And Bruce, what's your take on, on Burns for next year?
1: Yeah, I'm going under too.
3: Okay. Uh, I mean, there's some things. I, I think, like last year, his his individual shooting percentage at 4.9% was his lowest since 2017, 2018. Um, so there's there's one thing to look at. He was still third among all skaters in time on ice at 2609. But less than 50% of his... Offensive zone starts were in the offensive zone. Like he was, I think his deployment was more defensive. Right was was a big part of it, and um, I think he'll get used differently. I think his his power play share is going to increase. Uh, I, I just expect, and and two going from San Jose to Carolina, just by that fact alone, I think we should see some better production out of Burns. So, um, at 99th overall in in Yahoo, I'm I'm pretty com- comfortable taking him uh, yeah. in that range.
2: That's huge. How how can you not like him, John? I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and turn you over here. Me and me and Devin are gonna try going and turn to. you.
3: Why? Uh, he, he's a stubborn Mennonite. This guy. You're just like, good luck trying to turn this guy. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, not happening. It's the beard. It's the right. beard. <laughs> they, we're talking a 54 that stupid, point
2: pace in grin. in San Jose, right? So this is a guy. You know, the the shots probably went down because of those offensive zone starts didn't happen as much. He's not getting as much power play time. He hasn't seen above 65 percent in four years. Guys that I'm looking at, Tony D'Angelo, he saw 67 last year. Dougie Hamilton a couple years before that. Power play share right up along the same 67, 65-ish. 63-point uh, pace for Dougie in Carolina. 70-point pace for Dougie in Carolina. Tony D'Angelo, 65-point pace. Brent Burns is a different kind of animal. And he's, he's I don't know, I, I like 65-ish. 68 might be a little bit too rich, but... Man, number one, the ADP, the, the team that he's going to, the potential that's there. This is a guy that you can count on. He hasn't really missed a game in a long time. Shit. When was the last time he even missed a game? 2013, 2014.
3: Yeah. Like, I don't know. That's, that's durable. Like, that's something you got to consider. And, and not long ago, this guy was, he was going in the first round. It wasn't, it was two years ago. He was going somewhere like 10 through 14.
2: There's no Carlson eating the pie now. So he's he's got yeah. that top power play to himself. He's got a better cast of characters around him. I think he, I'm I'm really high on this guy.
3: So I'm just looking at your spreadsheet here too, TJ. It says uh like he's going somewhere in the fourth or fifth round in those uh those mocks of yours. Yep. So but even still at that price point, I think that's still a good value.
2: Yeah, if he winds up being like the way I like to draft is maybe I'll grab one uh, one of the top D, if I can manage it in the second or third round, Victor Hedman, Adam Fox, one of those guys, and then I'll back it up with a Brent Burns in the fifth round. So I leave the top five rounds with three centers or not three centers, three forwards and two D. And Brent Burns has been a really nice D two on a, on a lot of rosters
3: here. Uh, so I got to ask you too then, Kale McCarr. Is that a player you're you're taking at fifth overall where he seems to be going, or is that just no. too rich for your blood?
2: Nope, um, my league does not count VORP as a scoring category. So I'm just going to go with fantasy <laughs> points. I'll take Kucherov who is just as the, the, the scarcity I got chewed out. Am I saying that one right? Scarcity, not scarcity or is it? Scarcity?
3: I, say, I say scarcity, but it's whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter to I
2: me. I think it's scarcity. No, I got reamed by a bunch of people. Um, so I have to be careful with that one. Uh, but the scarcity there on right wing is just as vicious as it is uh, on defense. And I, um, you know, there's value in the second round with replacement players and Hedman, Yossi, and Fox. So, to me, the Vorp is probably stronger on guys like Hedman, Yossi, Fox instead of, you know, missing out on a on a Kucherov at number
3: five. Couldn't agree more. All right, um, is Jacob Slavin fantasy relevant for you next season? We got um,
2: we got four D and a deep bench, so I think there's going to be um, there's going to be some people out there that are, you know, 12 team league 4D, you're rostering 48 defensemen in, in a league I think he'll, he'll probably wind up being one of the top 48 defensemen uh, out there. He's always been really strong and I think him and Burns are going to play tremendous together too at even strength
3: Yeah, yeah I would agree uh, He shot a career low 2.4% last year too so I think just on that number alone we should see uh, some positive regression for him uh, 7 goals and 42 points is what I've got him paid for, is that too high for you?
2: No, I think around half point per game is is you know pretty solid for somebody that's playing a lot of even strength. His his minutes are tough, and um, I think there's going to be forty two sounds about right. Yeah, okay. if I had to take the over or under, I might even take the over here, not by much. I'm not saying he's a fifty point guy, but <laughs> I think uh, okay. forty three.
3: That's that's in the range then. Okay, let's move to forwards here then. So Sebastian Aho is going to be the the top. Rated player taken from Carolina, um, most likely next season. His ADP right now, 30.4 in Yahoo. Uh, do you know roughly where you guys have got him in your mock drafts? Check it
2: out real quick. Uh, center's broken down. See Aho going at uh, 32, so right at the end of the second.
3: Okay. Uh, so I've got him at 40 goals and 85 points. What's your take on his projection?
2: That take is right in line with everything he's ever done. His floor is like... Look at the look at the last four years. Like this is a Mark Scheifele kind of guy. <laughs> the the floor is eighty points. The the ceiling's eighty five. So you're right smack dab in the middle there. And I think that's about right.
3: Okay, uh, Bruce, John, any uh, difference of opinion on that one? Nope. No. All right.
0: No. Nope. Nope.
3: All right. Let's move on to Andrei Sveshnikov. Um, last season, sixty nine points, thirty goals, and seventy eight games played. So he's playing at a seventy three point pace. I think with with Max Patch ready out, they're going to lean on him a little bit more, um, at least until sometime. I mean, well, let's talk about that too, I guess, TJ. So, Patch might only play thirty games. He may not even play that. Um, how do you see him playing? Like, is Patch going to play much next year? And, and how effectively be?
2: I think he'll come back when he's ready. He's he's an older guy when it comes to hockey, you know, um, and that that makes me a little bit worried. But it also makes me think that he's, he's honestly, he's not rushing things. Like this is a team that's going to be good without him. So they're, they're not, they don't need to force him into the lineup to win games. Cause this is a still a very strong team. I think he'll come back when he is fully healthy, but on that note and him being a little bit older, I think the, um, the projection for him in January might be a little optimistic. I think we might not see him till February even, um, but even then, if you, get, if you got the IR spots, like he's going to be one of those guys that is extremely effective. Uh, that top line, you know, Jarvis, he'll have plenty of time to, to sort it out and, and make a case for himself. But I think as soon as he comes back, you're looking at Svechnikov, Aho, or not Svechnikov, uh, Pacioretty, Aho, Taravainen as the top line, and that's, that's pretty strong.
3: Yeah, for sure it is. So then, yeah, Svechnikov, 32 goals, 82 points. So can he be a point-per-game player next season?
2: Everybody thinks so. Everybody does and and he's at the top of breakout lists every year and I know he did to to 74 points back in 1920 but uh, this is going to be an unpopular take but I I think that's the player he is. Until he does get that top line role, I think 75-ish is about where he's going to hang out. But again, this this is a power forward and and is a big fan of the 400 games for a power forward, so
3: mm-hmm
2: this this year is going to get us a little bit closer to that and then maybe there's another gear i'd like to think he can be like a like a jake counsel like there's a lot of goals there's a lot of hits there's a lot of shots that's kind of the ceiling i see for him but it's almost you get jaded saying every year like oh i'm a, <laughs> i'm taking this guy in the third round because it's definitely the year right so i don't know
3: and that's kind of where he's going in your mock drafts right now right his late third early fourth round
2: it's hard not to be a fan of the guy you know like he's just a fun fantasy player but um, I, I just I wonder, without hits or shots being counted in a league, like is is this a guy that's that's worth it in points only? You know, seventy five to eighty points in in the third round. He's going around guys like uh, you know Kevin Fiala, who I have high hopes for this year. Johnny Gaudreau, um, you know, I guess it really depends on on what your league is counting. And I think with penalty minutes, shots, and hits, like this is a guy that is worth a third round price tag.
3: Yeah, the, the, I was just going to mention the hits. Like, you're you're a fan of guys of bang, right? So 189 hits, that's not too bad. It's not too shabby. Not too shabby. Uh, you mentioned Tara Vinen earlier, so let's go to him here. His ADP right now in Yahoo 84. Uh, I've got him at 23 goals and 70 points. Um, not a whole lot to report there, but I mean, is he, he's, that's kind of what he is, I think, is a, is about a 70-point player. That seems to be his ceiling, or, or do you think he's a little bit different?
2: I don't know. There's a lot different there. Uh, we, we've we seen him year over year just be this guy and it's not like the line's getting any better. Uh, it's not like his deployments can get any better than it is. So I, I'm pretty comfortable calling him uh, for what he is and I think we've got him nailed down pretty good.
0: Okay.
3: Uh, what's your take on Seth Jarvis for next year? Left wing, right wing eligible. He's going <sighs> later in drafts right now. I think he's good for 21 goals and 55 points, but what do you think?
2: 55 sounds about right. Uh, you know, I don't, a lot of people got him in their sleeper category and um i think it's rightfully so he's he's going pretty late and there's going to be solid value there but a lot of the time people get confused with sleeper like oh shit this guy's going to break out for 75 points and just tempering expectations a little bit you got to hear 48 point pace last year and and that's no you know that's no mistake and to to say that he's going to get seven more points this year if he plays a full season that's not a stretch either so the line that he's on is really good with patch out. He could even see top power play time, which is something that uh, is going to boost his totals. Again, how long is his role on that top line? Maybe he's a good guy to move around the trade deadline um, or a perfect sell-high candidate if, if everything works out just because you know it's not going to be fields of flowers for the rest of the season.
3: The other thing to keep in mind with Jarvis too is his ish Bruce, 15.5%. Mm-hmm. We've only got one season of data, though, so I mean, you, you can't really take too much from that. Maybe it goes down, maybe it stays the same, but I would just be cautious of that. So, like you said, temper expectations for Seth Jarvis. Uh, anything to really touch on for Andre Kasha? Is he really fantasy relevant for next season?
2: And I used to think so. Uh, I loved his <laughs> his shots on goal per sixty were always so fun, but uh, he he has a lot of trouble staying healthy. Like those concussions kept like they caught up with him and. Uh, you know, when he's productive, it's fun. Uh, you know, we saw him on the top line in, in Toronto here and there in the top six more like, but um, I don't know. It's it's really strange. I wonder, because I get the feeling that Brendan Moore doesn't really like Martin Nietzsche. We were seeing him getting buried last year, so I wonder if Kasha gets some top six time, if if you know Nietzsche screws up a little bit. He's going to be somebody on my watch list, but right now, third line uh, in Carolina, just with the, Injury history, too, it's it's hard to roster or even think about drafting the guy right now.
3: Okay, yeah, I would agree with that. All right, let's move on to the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, 37, 38, and 7, they're 6th in the Atlantic. 3.15 goals for per game was 14th. Goals against per game, 3.62 was 28th. Goals for percentage was 21st at 4649 Coursey four percentage, forty-eight oh nine was twenty first. Special teams were pretty pedestrian at eighteen point six on the power play, uh, which is twenty-fourth, and then seventy eight point six percent on the penalty kill. They've got sixteen back to back sets this season, so that's tied with the Rangers for the most among all clubs, and thirty four percent of their games are played on light days. Key additions there, obviously Johnny Goudreau coming over as a free agent, and then Eric Branson as well from Calgary. And then they got fleeced in that trade with Seattle. Losing Bjork strand. I, I get that they had to, but yeah, that's that's a rough look. Um so let's let's start with Goudreau. Uh right now Yahoo ADP is twenty point two. Is he going much different in your mock drafts?
2: Let's check. Left wing Goudreau thirty-three. Thirty-three point uh not too far off.
3: Okay. And, and I would tend to agree with that more. I, I don't twenty is too high for me for Goudreau. Like I I like the player, but I also will say I think his 115 points from last year will be a career high. Like it was a career high, I don't see him outdoing that this year in Columbus. I just don't. Um, his his Tevish Bruce, 13.3 uh, percent. That was a career high. His three year average is uh, is 9.12. So I just I think that's obviously has to come down. Um, but I still have him here for 36 goals and 88 points. I think him in line eight and Liney and Boone Jenner. We got clarity on that today. It sounds like it's going to be those three to start in Columbus. And uh, Sillinger and um, who's the other guy I'm thinking of? Ruslavic, thank you. Are gonna get uh, get a, a look as well with those two guys, but I think it'll be Jenner's spot to lose to start. So, uh, do you like the over under on 36 goals and 88 points? 88 points sounds
2: fine. Uh, you, I think you need to hit the nail on the head there. Like, even if Calgary kept all their players, you know, it was still a top line of Kachuk, Gaudreau, and, and Lindholm there. Like, going into this next year, I think a lot of people would have these guys projected for less points. And a lot of the same things can be said about Florida too, but um, you take away that top line, the offensive power that's there. And, you know, you still get somebody like Patrick line. that can pot 40, maybe even 50. And, you know, you're thinking 40 of them are going to be assists from Johnny Gaudreau. So there's half your points already. So I do like 88 points. I think it will be point per game. uh, And I would take the over on point per game. I'm if I had to, uh, I take the under on eighty-eight, but by like one, you know, I'd eighty-seven, maybe. It's I mean, a hard on
3: Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, eighty-five to ninety points would not shock me. But John, are you raising your hand? What's going on over there? Oh, down. Okay. <laughs> I don't really just raise my hand. I was, I was curious. You never do. That was weird for you, but uh, okay. <laughs> Is it
2: because he was a flame?
0: I just, I have this thing where I don't like small players in the league.
2: Fair enough.
3: <laughs> yeah, he, he's he's a sizist. That's that's fine. <laughs>
2: uh, they get it done though, man. Alex uh, the brain cat, he's he's uh he's a bad bitch, he'll he'll do it. Johnny Gadrow's right up true. there too.
0: I just yeah. don't like Gadreau.
3: <laughs> and and I'm a short guy too, so I have a healthy respect for short guys that can put put up points in the league. So uh yeah. Whatever, John, whatever. I don't have Tyler here to defend us. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bruce, what are you doing for Goudreau? You like the over under on that
1: one? I'm going to take the under, but just slightly under. It'll be 80 points, but it won't be... It'll be over 80 points, but he won't get to 88.
3: Okay. Uh, Patrick Laine, right now going 82nd overall on Yahoo. So, seems like a good value.
2: 61 on our end.
3: Okay. Yeah, that seems a little more realistic for a guy that could pot 50, right, I think. Um, I've got him for 42 goals and 77 points. TJ, what do you
2: think? had a quiet point per game season last year. Uh, Shots hit three a game again. So we're starting to see the line a that, uh, that we knew. And now he's getting, he's getting a Johnny Goudreau. So I think maybe we, we see a different kind of line a Uh, 77 points, 42 goals. I feel, I feel pretty good about that, but I think there is the ceiling is a lot higher. Like I, I feel like I would take the under on Goudreau, but if I had to, I would take the over on line a at 77.
3: I think that's fair. I just, I've only seen him at a point per game. Was it? Was this the first time last year? Has he done that more than once?
2: Uh, I think he did it once. No, he came close with seventy six point pace back in nineteen twenty.
3: Okay, yeah. So I, I agree with you. I think the the potential is there for sure. I am just I am kind of hedging my bets a little bit here, but
2: this is crazy. So over on uh, Dauber Hockey, they break it up into quarters. His season and in his third quarter in twenty three games, he had thirty three points. That is wild. Wow. I remember Line went off, but I, I didn't know it was that substantial.
3: Hmm. And that was without Goudreau, so let's let's see what happens, I guess. How about it? All right. Uh Boone Jenner, we've talked about him. I, I've heard you talk about him on your show before as well. Like, you know, give our listeners your thoughts on Boone Jenner. Like, I've got twenty five goals and sixty points. What do you and and last year, I should preface this, he had sixty one points, uh, was on pace for sixty one points. And that was a career high, I believe. So
2: I think his case is the strongest for that, for that one. See, he's the captain. He is the only one of Ruslavic cylinder or himself that I think is capable of getting into the corners, getting the puck for, for two elite playmakers. Uh, you know, he's, he's a water bug. like, he'll do it all. Uh, this is a physical guy that, you know, we got a small guy out there. Johnny Gaudreau He's he's kind of, he's on the smaller side, right? So do you want Jack Ruslavic out there? Or do you want Boone Jenner who can, who can bash bodies? Um, to me, all signs point to Boone Jenner, he's he's a net front guy as well. So he's gonna clean up in front any shots that go with Line A, uh any shots that Goudreau puts on there. You know, he's right in front of the net and he's cleaning up all that stuff. So I really like Jenner as the the lead candidate here and the sixty-one point pace that um you referenced there, uh in the time that Jack Roslavic went up to the top line, he was at a sixty seven point pace. So a lot of people are like, oh, but you know, Roslavic was so up there it was it was six more point like paced points than it was Jenner <laughs> so like I don't know if if Columbus is going to value six extra points over the course of 82 games or if they're going to value all those things that I that I spoke about Jenner uh, more and if, if I'm making a bet it's going to be the net front it's going to be the physicality it's just going to be he's the captain of the team so everything points to Boone Jenner is the one C here in my opinion
3: yeah no I agree uh, Bruce any difference of opinion for Jenner
1: no, not at all. I, I agree.
3: John
2: He doesn't like him. <laughs> no. Like yeah,
3: him. no, he's not a fan. He's going to make the list. Yeah.
2: I want to see your fantasy team after you're done drafting. <laughs> and you shoot me a screenshot of it. It's just all behemoths, right? So it's like Zdeno Chara. <laughs> like Tyler Myers, yeah. 6 foot 7 giants.
3: That's the cutoff. Is, is six four. If you're any shorter than six four, you don't make John's list. Nope.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, how how tall is Blake Wheeler? I gotta look this up.
3: He's six five. <laughs> six <laughs> five. Ooh. I'll be honest. I think Ooh. there's like
0: two players over six foot four in the league that I actually liked.
3: And actually, what? you know, we should, to be fair to John, you're a big Paul Korea fan. Yeah, I know. And and Patrick Kane, not a big guy either. Nope. So
2: I'm looking up how tall Brent Burns is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Six foot five. There
3: you yeah, go. See, don't like him. Like what the heck? heck? There's there's some exceptions there's, there. I yeah. don't
2: like your face, buddy. That's
3: basically <laughs> how it goes.
2: All right. No, I'm, right uh, I'm right there. Like, I have so many guys that I just, in our first year, um, there was one guy who was insufferable about his team. And most of the players that were on his team that year, I don't like him. Just, I, I hold a grudge. Forever and Brett Burns is one of them, but I'm I'm coming around on it. So maybe I'm just a year early uh, getting over it. And I think maybe next year you'll be you'll be ready to get hurt again.
3: <laughs> I'm not banking on it for John. No. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, former Flyer Jake Voracek. Uh, you got to have some insight on this guy. I think for next year we should expect some better numbers. He had six goals last year in seven Like
2: kind of his thing though
3: like six but he shot at a career low right he shot at four percent last year so you you gotta expect i mean like can we expect double digit goals from him next year
2: double digit but um that again that's never been his thing so i've watched this guy for for years and years and years his career high is 23 and that was you know over the last five years yeah he got double digits three times um But I think his role has changed so much. Like, look at this, six goals, 56 assists. He knows his role at this point. But think about the line that he's going to be on if if it's Jack Roslavic on there and Gustav Nyquist. You're going to need scoring from from one of those guys. Uh, So I think maybe he does start getting back to his old ways. The shot volume has crept down, too, so that's going to be hard to, to furnish those goals back up without his shots being where they were when it when he was scoring double-digit goals, 2.7 a game, 2.7, 3.1, like we're looking at 1.9. He's getting under two shots a game now. So um, I wonder if that's, you know, he's on the older side. So I wonder, you know, I wonder about that, if those shots ever come back.
3: I I wouldn't think they would really, but I I think one thing I I looked at was his secondary assist rate, and it was actually the lowest in five seasons. Uh, He was at 0.17 secondary assists per 60 um so down 65 percent from his five-year average so can we expect a bit of a bump or an uptick in points just based on maybe some some added points from luck like i i don't know
2: Uh, is he gonna play on that top power play that's gonna be a lot of uh of what plays into it i'm looking at left wing lock right now they got him right there um i don't know it's it's hard to say more than 68 points i think that's Probably, I would take the under on sixty-eight. Unfortunately, like I know, yeah, he was a kind of an exciting player back in the day, but I think his role is just it's shifting. He's not. He was one of the premier guys for us in in Philly, and I just I think he's a background piece in Columbus at this point.
3: Okay, um, just in the interest of time here, guys. I'm going to try and move through a few players here quickly. So Jack Roslevic, twenty goals, forty-five points like the over-under on that one, TJ? Over. Over. Okay. okay. Uh, Bruce, what do you think? Over-under on Roslevic.
1: I'll go over on him. John?
0: Sure. Yeah, we'll go over. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
3: I, I've kind of got the same thing here for Cole Cylinder. I mean, a lot of this could be deployment-dependent, but uh, 20 goals, 45 points. TJ, what do you think?
2: <sighs> That's going to be a tough one. Um, where these centers line up, I'm going to go under but that's going to be on the assumption that he's the 3C okay Uh,
3: Zach Wierenski so I I know Nate is big on Zach he's he's got him pegged for big numbers this year Uh, I've got him at 21 goals and 65 points last year 48 points 11 goals he was on a 58 point base Um, tied for 6th in time on ice with Kale McCart 25-40 so do you like the over under on, on Wierenski for next year
2: I wonder if he can hit that over. That that what, what did you say? Fifty-eight point pace last year, and that that was really quiet. Nobody's really talking about it. His ADP doesn't reflect it, especially yeah. in Yahoo. He's he's sixty-five ADP in our in our mocks. Um, I've been talking him up, you know. Same as Nate. This is a guy that was really sneaky last year. His power play got a lot better. He is the number one defenseman. I think he is. He's going to break that sixty-point threshold, possibly even sixty-five. I'm gonna have some fun here. I'm gonna go over on 65 if he okay. stays healthy. That's that's a big one.
3: Yeah, yeah. Health be the question there, uh, John. What do you think on Renski? I'm taking the over. Woo! Nice, I it. like it. Let's do you guys. Go. Let's go, Bruce. Bruce, what do you think? I'm going over too. All, All right. right, make that four. Lock it in.
2: Lock it in, boys.
3: Let's talk about Elvis Merzlikens. Uh 154 right now. His Yahoo ADP. I've got him at sixty starts, seventy three percent net share for thirty wins. TJ, do you like the over on that one?
2: I'm going to take the under, under on both. Um, I know Larson, Brad Larson, the coach there last year was like, "We're going to play, we're going to play the shit out of Elvis," and then he didn't. He didn't. You know, I, I thought we were going to get the like every single game out of him. Um, seventy Seventy three percent net share. I, I like more of a 65-35 between him and Corpy, so got to go under, unfortunately.
3: Fun totally, goalie. Totally Great fair. Guy. Totally fair. Uh, John, I know you had Merzlikens last year, and you were banking on him for some big starts too, but unfortunately that didn't happen. So, No. Uh, do sure you sure have any we... faith left in this guy, or is he – what do you think?
0: Uh, I don't know. Some, not a lot. So, <laughs> uh, I'm taking the under on these.
1: Okay. Bruce? I'm going to go with the under as well.
3: All righty. So that does it for Columbus. Uh, we got a couple things to touch on here, guys, before we move on to the next team. As a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, the Fantasy Hockey Hacks podcast, a proud partner of DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Bruce, I know you're a... A big NFL degenerate, so you better get in there, <laughs> sign up, get your deals,
1: man. If you saw my fantasy team, you wouldn't want me betting for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's been ugly the first two weeks.
3: If that's not enough, everyone can boost their winnings at DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. Without, uh, with payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game. Uh, Once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on your football game. That's promo code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. Be sure to check the show notes for details. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem or crisis counseling referral services are required, all the information is there for you. And then the other thing, guys, it's it's that time of year where everyone's listened to fantasy hockey podcasts, lots of hockey-related content. Uh, lately, I've been using my Raycon earbuds to listen to them, and uh, it's been a very nice listening experience. So Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They've got optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. They're so comfortable, they will not budge. promise. Raycon gives you 8 hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. They're priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Uh, They've got three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. So be sure to go to Raycon.com today. Use promo code THPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code THPN at buyraycon.com to score 15%. And with that, let's move on to the New Jersey Devils here, guys. 27-46-9, uh, they're 7th in the Atlantic. Goals 4 per game, 2.99, was 19th. Goals against per game, 3.68, was 29th. Goals 4 percentage, 44.79, was 24th. Corsi 4, 11th at 50.96%. Power play was 28th at 15.6%. The penalty kill was 14th at 80.2. They've got 12 back-to-back sets this season. That's tied for 5th fewest with Arizona, Florida, Minnesota, Nashville, and Ottawa. And 32% of their games are played on light days. Key additions, Eric Holland that traded Boston. Andre Palat is a UFA from Tampa. Vitek Vanacek in that trade with Washington. Uh, key departures, Pavel Zaka went to Boston, and Ty Smith went to Pittsburgh. So, TJ, did they get better, worse, or really no different this offseason?
2: Every offseason they get better, and it, it never helps. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it is. But they come out of the gate really hot. They look good, but uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a different, you know, maybe this year is different. You know, if if Jack Hughes can stay together for for the whole season, then I like them being better. Um, Eric Holla, eh. Andre Plot, okay, Tech Vanacek, we'll see. Uh, Ty Smith. I mean, I get it. Their prospect pipeline at D is is getting pretty uh, log jammed at this point. And Pavel Zaka. I actually, I really like Pavel Zaka, and and that one's tough.
3: So. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's maybe start wash. there. Right? Yeah. Like, um. All right, well, let's start with Jack Hughes. I like to start with Jack Hughes. So you mentioned the health concerns. I mean, is he gonna stay healthy for a full 82 games? That's always the question with him. He was on a 94 point pace last year, and a lot of people are drafting this guy like he's gonna hit hundred points. So uh, I guess first off, where is he going in, in your mock drafts and are you taking him there?
2: I don't wanna I don't wanna say. Um we <laughs> we are overdrafting the shit out of Jack Hughes. He's going twenty nine point eight. Ooh. And a Yahoo, what's that? A hundred um you know we we in our mocks like we favor banks the the hits the blocks the the shots and all the hues so far like we'll see what luke has but uh quinn hughes doesn't hit jack hughes doesn't hit something in the family man whatever they're feeding those kids they gotta, gotta start hitting but a lot of people are are pretty high on on that that ceiling and for me, I like to draft in the first three rounds for floors, not for ceilings. So it's, it's tough to, I'm not going to do it, but you know, if my opponents do, I'll I'll be okay with it until it works out. And then I'll be kind of pissed, but we'll see.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of been my draft strategy too. Just minimizing risk and trying to establish a solid floor in the first three or four rounds. Um, you You can take swings in the middle of the draft or at the end of the draft if you want to, but I don't know. A guy like, like Jack Hughes is concerning for me. Um, just A center on only too, you know it's yeah i don't yeah. know yeah and then his, so. his yahoo adp i've got 96.2 so i'll take really, there yeah like there i love him right that's perfect but uh so i've got him at 38 goals and 86 points does that seem reasonable
2: yeah yeah i don't know if he's 100 points yet uh or if he's 82 game ready yet but 86 points that sounds about right like 49 games last year with with fifty-six points, forty-nine games is kind of a small sample size when you look at the the grand scheme of hockey, right? So, yeah, yeah, it was huge. But I don't know if we've seen the real Jack Hughes yet. Like that was a you know preview of the ceiling. But this year is going to be a new. I think he he is above point per game, like where you have him eighty-six. Um, yeah.
3: Okay, John Bruce, what do you guys think? John, you're really big Jack Hughes guy.
2: <laughs> you know he's five eleven, right?
3: <laughs> Perfect, <laughs>
1: uh, Bruce. What do you think? Oh. I would say over if he can stay healthy. Okay, I think he, I think he'll get to ninety points. I don't think he'll get up to a hundred, but I think he'll get to ninety. But he's got to stay healthy.
3: All right, fingers crossed. Uh, TJ, I know you're a big fan of Jesper Bratt. Yes, sir. Okay, so let's talk about him a little bit. Uh, I've got him for 27 goals and 74 points. I'll be honest, like, I play a lot of fantasy, and and I was kind of oblivious to this guy, so when he kind of broke out last year, that was a real surprise for me. But um, lots of career highs last year, 73 points, 18 power play points, his shot rate at 2.6, just about 60% power play share, time on ice, everything. He was just up last year. So where do you see him going for points, and, and where are you comfortable drafting him?
2: I think he's here. I think this is the guy that is here to stay like the, the shooting percentage isn't something that's wildly concerning. The IPP when you get down to the nitty gritty of it is, is again, it's, it's something I can consider sustainable. Uh, there's a lot here to like, and especially if he's on the wing, uh, of Jack Hughes at right wing, he's going to be collecting a lot of those, just give me points. The, the ancillary, the, you know, he'll get in on some points. And with 26 goals that, you know, he's a guy that's going to drive play on his own, um, Again this is a guy where most of his assists were primaries so I like this guy as a play driver and, and somebody creating opportunities and there's like I said there's no red flags with him in his underlying stats that make you think that he's gonna he's gonna drop down at all even with all those career highs this year. Uh, again the 13.9 shooting percentage that's not terrifying right so that's just something that could be on the high end of average and yep. I like him there. so 74 points my heart wants to take the over. My head wants to take the under by a little bit.
3: I don't know who's going to win. Somewhere in that range, right?
2: Yeah, and give or take five
3: points. Okay, Bruce John, any thoughts on Yes for Bratt for next year?
1: Under. Yeah, I'm not sure he gets to seventy points again, but again, not sold, Bruce. A, it, it's one season, right? And I I don't know much about him. I know when he took off last year, I grabbed him and. He helped me a long way. I'm hoping he can repeat that this season, but I need more than one season before I can really say. Totally fair.
3: Uh, Andre Palat is the next guy I've got here, but I think we kind of know what to expect from him. Like in my mind, he's kind of a 20 goal, 50, 50 point guy like that. And, and you know, give or take five points maybe. But um, last year he played at a 52 point pace, 123 hits, so 1.6 hits per game. He's been pretty good for banger leagues um consistently around 13% shooting and just under two shots a game so TJ what's your thoughts on on Palat is there like can we expect much more than that
2: no no if if those are the numbers he's putting up with the Tampa boys you know moving to Jersey is going to be tough uh 69 point career high in 2021 which is where he saw a lot of his top power play time uh that would be the ceiling, but then you have to bake in the fact that it was with Kutrov And and I actually, I forget if Kutrov was there that year, but uh, it was, you know, Stamco's point, all the big boys up there. And now you're moving into Jersey and not saying that they're terrible, but they're no Tampa at this point. So uh, where do you got them projected? I want to take the under even before seeing the number 55. <laughs> I got to take the under. <laughs>
3: okay. It's Sorry. Totally
0: what, what was that high last year?
2: 52.
3: Oh, I guess John is looking for his career high. What was his career, career high? Career oh. high? Sorry, not career 69. high. Sixty nine. nice. <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've missed so many today, I just had to get one in.
3: Yeah, you finally got one. There you go. I know. Um I just on the point of plot, I think his ADP too, there's some there's some value based on the fact that he's going at the end of the draft. So maybe he's just waiver fodder, but depending on how deep your league is. Um I'm not afraid to pick him up at that that price point. Nico Heesher. Is this guy ever going to bust out to, to more than what we've seen? Like, I've got him for 25 goals and 67 points. Last year, he had 60 points. He was on a 70-point pace. Career highs and power play points, time on ice, career highs shooting percentage. What's your take on, on Heisher?
2: I, I think last year was a bit of the breakout. You know, he's always going to be behind Jack Hughes, so he's not going to get that that extra bump in production or anything. But this is a guy that's that's spending time on the power play. Um I don't know I, I think seventy points maybe was the breakout you know you're asking are we ever gonna see it? I think we saw it that
3: was, and that was it. It,
2: it. yeah, that was it, so I think we're looking at a guy who's gonna be a pretty productive uh two c he's never gonna do much in the way of like periphery if if you're looking for those riffs and banger leagues or anything but again it's it's a center who down the road uh a d p here one sixty three ADP on him is geez i gotta scroll down for this one, but um yeah, I don't even know where he is. I think there's value to be had there, especially... Okay, 164. So, I mean, smack dab with Yahoo. Um, yeah, if, if he faded, see the rest of the way. If you can get 65, 70 points uh, later in the draft, don't mind it.
3: Yeah, it's good value, I think, later in the draft. 70 points. Um, I'm going to breeze over Sharon Govich and, and Mercer, unless you really want to cover one of those two guys there, TJ. But, okay. Um, Dougie Hamilton. So... I, I think this guy can bounce back next year, I think. So I'll just go through some of his numbers here quickly. He shot at 4.6%. That was a career low. Uh, 3.2 shots on goal per game was his lowest since 2018-2019. Power play share was down. Uh, time on ice were, was down. So both of those, again, lowest since 2018-2019. Uh, teams, his Tevish Bruce was a career high last year, actually at 9.7%. And his IPP was a career low at 375 I've got him at 17 goals and 62 points and that's maybe a bit of a rosy outlook, but TJ, what do you think?
2: How spoiled are we? Like 3.2 shots on, on goal per game. And we're still like, yeah, you can do better. Like this is <laughs> man, but it is, it, it is a low for Dougie. And it, a lot of people went into the, to the season with huge expectations that he was going to be worth every penny of that $9 million contract. And I don't know what it is with New Jersey and $9 million defenseman, but the, uh, they just had, they hadn't panned out what I like about this year versus last year where he broke his jaw, Damon Severson got the power play and then he just ran with it. So it was, it was a case of, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And maybe they were trying to sell, uh, you know, Severson at the trade deadline and juice his numbers a little bit. So just things just didn't work that way, but going into next year, maybe there's this reset where they're going to have Dougie on the top power play again. And, and he can build on that 40 point pace, getting back in closer to like obviously this is not a Carolina where he's doing 65 70 but you know to see 50 55 would be would be possible with that top power play so a lot of it's going to hinge on what happens in camp where his deployment winds up and um, 62 points I'm afraid I'm gonna have to take the under on that one but uh, I like the over on on 50 like if we were doing 52 i I'd, two I'd take the over but I think it'll wind up somewhere in the middle
3: okay that's fair, uh, Bruce. What's your take on Hamilton for next year?
1: I'm actually going to take the over, not not much over, but I'm going to take the over. I think oh, I he, it. I think he regains his spot, and I'm not sure. I think uh, I think the reason why they left him off power play after one after he came back is well, it's his jaw, right? He doesn't want to take another one on the chin, and
0: okay.
1: Severson was rolling, so why change it? Right? They <clears throat> they weren't in a. I don't think they were chasing a playoff spot at that time, so why push it? Yeah.
3: So I guess you and I will be fighting it out for Dougie Hamilton in drafts this fall, Bruce.
1: First overall pick.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and it's John, right, what's your, I won't touch him. You won't touch him. So you're taking yeah. the under then. No, he's yep. too short. Okay. Oh yeah, 6'6"? Six, 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 <laughs> six. He's too yeah. short. No, he's too tall. Yeah, too tall. <laughs> too tall. <laughs> One thing I noticed about him, and I think this happens with a lot of players, but when they move to a new team, the first year is always a bit of a struggle, right? So, yeah. But for Dougie, I found it interesting. You go back and you look, when he went from Boston to Calgary, his points per game went down. I'm not digging deep into his numbers here, but his points per game went down. And the same thing, I think, when he went from Carolina... Well, it was a big dip when he went from Carolina to New Jersey. Um, he was hurt. And, and Calgary to Carolina. Like, fifth, you know, just, again, points per game pace went down. So I just... I. I is that a thing for Dougie? Does he just take a little longer to adjust to his settings? Like a lot of players or his best
2: years were with most of the power play share his, his two strongest years, 63 point pace, 70 point pace was 67% of the power play and 64% of the power play this past year, just over 50. And I think a lot of it was because he was, he was owning that power play early, but then once Severson took up, like it was just took the rest of the year for him to go down to 52%. Yeah. Um, If he gets into that 65% range again, I think we're talking, you know, 55 plus.
3: Okay. And I like his ADP too in Yahoo at 103. That's, that's pretty good value, I think, for a guy that even if his floor is 50 points, that's still pretty good. So,
2: really good upside too.
3: Um, and then Severson, I've got him at 10 goals and 45 points. I think, I think he does take a step back, just losing a a bit of the power play share. And really, we saw career highs from him last year. So, um, Let's talk about goaltending here quick. Vitek Vanacek coming over from Washington. How do you see that tandem working this year, TJ? Is it, is it going to be a split, or what do you think?
2: Well, the thing I like about this one is they went, you know, they've been getting Corey Crawford's and, and uh, you know, older guys. And what they have here is time. They've got Vitek Vanacek and Mackenzie Blackwood. So if, if it doesn't work out in the first year, they have time to correct itself. And it's not like New Jersey's making a push for it right now. It's just kind of like they're waiting their turn in the Metro for them to be relevant waiting for maybe it's Boston to age out or the Islanders to figure out what team they are. Um, This goaltender tandem makes me nervous because I think it's a 50, 50 split and drafting a 50, 50 split on a team that I don't have confidence in just compounds itself. So it's, it's hard to draft one of these guys. But if you're, if you're going Nate's way, if you're going zero G, these are the guys that start to look um, pretty appealing towards the end of it. And I like, I like, to get a bulk of the starts but i do think it goes largely hot hand and we've seen mckenzie blackwood have hot hands before so it could wind up 50 50 it could wind up 60 percent the other way towards blackwood and that uncertainty is just another reason i won't be drafting
3: okay yeah that pretty much how i would see it too bruce any anything different there dad
1: no nothing okay uh
3: yeah like i had- those guys 60 40 is kind of how I saw that. So I got 23 wins for Vanacek and 15 for Blackwood. Um, about yeah, I don't, I don't expect a ton of wins in New Jersey, honestly. But okay, let's move on to the Islanders then 37, 35, and 10. They were fifth in the Atlantic. 2.79 goals for was 23rd. Goals against 2.82 was seventh. Uh, special teams were 12th on the power play at 22 percent and fourth on the PK at 84 percent. They had fifteen or they have fifteen back to back sets this season. That's tied for the second most with Philly and Pittsburgh. And thirty eight percent of their games are played on light days. They added Romanoff in that trade with the Montreal Canadiens, and they lost Austin Zarnik to Detroit. Uh TJ, did it get better, worse, or no different?
2: I think the biggest key departure might have been Barry Trotz and what we're gonna see from Lane Lambert here. Uh, you know, I, I know Lambert and Trotz have been tied at the hip for a number of years, so a lot of us are hoping that Lambert breaks away from that and introduces some offense into this uh, kind of boring fantasy team. <laughs> I, I think they got better. Like, Romanov is is tight, and I think the team as a whole is going to be better. If you remember back last year, they spent, I think it was like the, the first quarter of, of the season, they spent a large amount of it on the road because their new stadium was being built, and it was hard to build momentum. And then you got a new stadium. You don't know where the bathroom is. you You don't have a... <laughs> like, you just don't have a routine, right? So I think this year is yeah. going to be a lot different for the Islanders. And it was just so strange to see them go to be that bad after being to so many Eastern Conference finals over the last five years. Um, so I think they are going to be better. I think they did get better.
3: Okay, so th- there is some hope for Matt Barzell then?
2: Well, uh, it, depends, <laughs> <laughs> it, it depends on what kind of league you're in. Um, you know, there's no... There's no uh, what do you call it? John Tavares there to to take all the, the hard minutes or whatever. But um, yeah, Barry Trotz is gone. So hopefully Matt Barzell isn't a third line center anymore. He can get back into the top six.
3: So I've got him pegged for 25 goals and 70 points. Does that seem realistic for Barzell next year?
2: I think he is. I think he is like a, a 70 point guy and he makes his hay on on assists. So 50 assists or, uh, you know, 45, whatever the math is on that. I'm, I don't yeah, know.
3: We'll go with 45. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Forty-five, whatever. Uh, yeah, he—that sounds about right. That's that's his game—is he double ups assists to goals. Okay.
3: John Bruce, anything different for Barzell? Uh,
1: a coach that teaches offense. Yes, so, please. So good things. <laughs> <laughs> it, it'd be uh, nice to see. Like, it'd be nice to get a coach that would turn Barzell loose. That would—that's what I would like to see. For sure. But I don't think we'll see that.
3: Well, what we really would have liked to have seen, Bruce, was Barzell in an Oilers uniform five years ago, but that just didn't happen.
1: No, and they were drafting a defenseman at that time, so they wouldn't have took him anyway.
3: I know. We can still bitch about it, though.
1: Yes. Um, all right, let's go to
3: Brock Nelson. This guy, really interesting, actually. Um, I, I talked about this guy lots last during the season. So 24 goals in 46 games played during the second half of the season. He was on a 43-goal pace in the second half. Um but 21.6% shooting well above his 17.3% three-year average and his career average of 14%, 53% power play share was a career high for him. He was on a 67 point pace all season long. I've got him at 30 goals and 67 points. Does that seem doable TJ?
1: Ah,
2: man, he is tough to, tough to nail down 37 goals last year, 18 the year before that, you know, shortened season. What, who the hell is Brock Nelson at this point? And it's it's hard. I think I would take the under on goals, but the points I like. So it's it's a, it's a weird kind of mix here. Okay,
3: John, you're gonna pick up Brock Nelson at 167 overall. No. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: Yeah. No. I. I'm taking the under. Okay, Bruce.
1: So, okay. Oh uh, no! I'm gonna. I'm. Taking the end of there's probably only there's only three Islanders I would actually draft and he's not one of them.
3: <laughs> yeah, that's basically what I was gonna say. Okay, well let's who's your three then, guys? I, I have an idea, but
1: Barzell, Dobson, and Sorokin. Yeah. Yep. Otherwise I would just run away from the rest of them.
2: I don't mind Lee as much. Like he would he would be kind of a fringe four. But yep. those three are exactly who I was thinking of.
3: Well, and so any any value for Oliver Wallstrom? Like, he's a guy that there's some promise there, I think. And, and I know Nate loves
1: that guy. Um, he's got to play more than eight minutes a night, though. He does. He does. Uh, he does. Uh, he does. Yeah.
2: With Barry Trotz out the door, I think Lane Lambert, somebody that's been, he was with the Admirals back in the day. Uh, he's familiar with the younger players a little more than, than Barry Trotz might have been. And maybe that was the reason Barry Trotz, you know, saw the door is he just wasn't willing to play the kids, and you know, he was doing weird things with, with Matt Barzell. So I wonder if, if Lane Lambert sees something in, in Ollie Wallstrom that, that uh, Trots didn't. So he's, he's somebody to keep an eye on, for sure.
3: And he had 101 hits last year and 74 pims. So he covered some categories nicely there, too. And I think if he gets a chance to play, he can put up some goals. Uh, I'd probably just someone you add to your watch list for some time in the season. Okay, let's see. let's go down to Noah Dobson then. Like, for anyone that wants to review some of these projections, I've got projections for all the players, but we don't want to keep TJ here all night because he is on the East Coast. So,
2: nah, don't don't worry about me, man. <laughs> I got all this gin to keep me company. I'll be all right. All righty. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: there it is. When he, when he switches to the hat, we'll get concerned.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Bottle in a straw. Wonderful. In the hat.
3: Okay, well let's let's go to Dobson then here. Uh, I've got him pegged for 10 goals and 55 points he had 51 points last year 13 goals 36 points in 47 games during the second half so he played at a 63 point pace in the second half of the season uh, he shot at 6.8% 2.4 shots on goal 154 blocks finally got power play one time and he played uh, 21 and a half minutes so TJ can we, can we expect more from Dobson or 10 goals and 55 points seem reasonable
2: I mean, it's hard not to take the over on that. He put up a 52 point pace. He, you know, he had 51 points, so you really, you barely need to say pace at this point. But that was on a bad Islanders team, right? So this is a a dead zone for offense, and they weren't good last year. And I've said that I think that the team is just going to be better as a whole, so they're going to turn a new leaf with that. You would like to think that uh, a good defenseman who put up good numbers on a bad team last year can put up better numbers on a good team this year. So I, I think I want to take the over on 55. It's not going to be by a ton, but uh, I think he does build on what he did last year.
3: Okay. Bruce, I know you're a fan of Noah Dobson, so where are you going with that one?
1: Oh, I'm going I'm going I can't talk this evening. I'm <laughs> <laughs> going with the over. I think he'll make 60 points.
3: Okay. John, over. 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 And in your mocks, TJ he's going at 85th overall right now. Um Yahoo's got him at 95th, so not not a huge discrepancy there between Yahoo and, and the mock drafts, but something to note. Yeah, he's going,
2: uh, like, right around Shea Theodore, and I'm curious what you guys think there. Uh, Dobson or Theodore? Uh, does Dobson, or does Theodore get the top power play under Cassidy? Like, who would you pick in that instance?
3: I... Th- I, I like Theodore more, I think, but it's the power play thing that concerns me in Vegas, right? So you just don't know it's it's the unknown right now and i think you at this point can confidently say dobson's going to take power play one for hopefully a more offensive islanders team
2: so maybe the certainty is the the tiebreaker there
3: but again if you're going middle of the draft maybe you don't mind taking a swing on a guy that has higher a higher ceiling like i think theodore if he gets power play one with a healthy jack eichel um
2: cassidy likes his power play one more than pete DeBoer.
3: Yeah, so it could be big. That's a tough question. I don't know upside play. Yeah, Bruce, what do you think?
1: I love both of those defensemen, but right now, I would if, the way the situation sits as as I would see it, I would take Dobson over Theodore, as Peter Angelo is still sitting there. So I think I think Peter Angelo will get the first crack at it, and if he doesn't do well, then they'll they'll quickly move to Theodore. Right. Okay.
3: Interesting, John, anything? I'm with Bruce.
0: Um, Yeah, no, uh, I'll take Dobson on this trend.
2: There's a lot more certainty there, yeah.
3: Uh, Is there any hope for Ryan Pulak from a fantasy perspective? Because this guy, you know, there's flashes of it over the last couple seasons, but I've got him at eight goals and 35 points. Is that just kind of what he is at this point?
2: But he blocks. So if you're in a Cats league, I think this is a good guy to take... At the end of the draft but if you're in a points league i don't know you might you might want to look somewhere else uh i'm looking at our DPs. there's the guys like giordano slavin and you know you had slavin projected for more points so yeah uh, you know i might go there
3: i i would agree I, I think slavin has a little more upside for sure okay uh and then goaltending so Ilya Sorokin. i've had this guy the past couple of seasons, he's been fantastic. He's starting to see more net share, which is great. Um, last year, he was 26, 18, and 8. Had a 240 goals against average and a 9.25 save percentage. And Bruce, the stat you love, 16.99 goals saved above expected. So nice. pretty nice year from Sorokin. Definitely. Uh, I've got him for 54 starts, so 66% net share and 30 wins, uh, which means 28 starts, 34% net share, and 14 wins for Varlamov. I just see them sunsetting Varlamov more and more. Um, I I don't know if it'll go much beyond like a 66-34 split, but maybe 70-30. But um, what's your take on on Sorokin? And I guess the other thing too is his ADP, TJ. So 29.5 in Yahoo. Um, Is he going that high in your mock drafts?
2: He's going over at uh, 71. Yahoo is like, they're crazy about their goalies. I don't know what it is, but I like him at 71. He's one of the guys that I've been getting in like, you know the sixth round uh for my first goalie, and I feel totally fine with that because same things I was saying about Dobson, like the numbers he put up on a bad team. You can say the same thing about Sorokin here. Like you look at his record and his numbers, and you wouldn't think that the New York Islanders' record is what it is. Like this looks like a you know he was a top ten goalie for us in our leagues last year, so it's it's hard to believe that the Islanders were as bad as they was with a goalie like this and rising tide is going to float all boats. So I think Sorokin's in for pretty big things next year.
3: Okay. Yeah. I, I like him a lot more at that 80 P of 71. That's, that's pretty damn good value for Sorokin. I think, uh, Bruce, do you like, what, what do you think? 54 starts, 30 wins. You like the over on that one.
1: I think the over, but just slightly, just slightly over. I think it might creep a little closer to 60 starts. Okay. It depends on, going to depend on how varlamov plays
3: and john what do you think taking the over taking the over so we're all fighting for sorokan next year great yes <laughs> okay so that does it guys for the the metro part two um tj thank you very much for for walking through that with us sure We've thing died. thanks boys yeah no, know it it's an absolute pleasure having you on we got two quick things here before we jet, uh, ask the hacks guys. We're still running that. So if you want to get entered for a free one year subscription to the left wing lock iPhone app, send us your fantasy hockey questions and we will get you entered. And then of course the last bit of news here, the hacks holiday TJ. I'm not sure if you've seen any of this, but, uh, we're sending one lucky listener and a guest to Vegas, February 18th against Tampa Bay. Um, Ooh. so thank you to lucky bastard distillers and left wing lock for, uh, supporting us and making that contest happen. Um, so two tickets, like I said, to that game, February 18th, two round trip tickets to Vegas, three nights accommodation at a hotel near T mobile arena. And then of course, a free one year subscription to the left wing lock iPhone app. So go to fantasy hockey slash hacks holiday. Check it out. All the details to enter the contest are there. And then one bit of information you'll need is the hack the code number, which this week is number nine. So there it is. Um, and then, TJ, just before we go, one more thing. Where can listeners find you again on Twitter?
2: Before I get into that, anybody that doesn't win the Left Wing Lock app, go buy it. I've had it for like six years. I think it's like $3. And it's, it's one of the most, like, you just you pop on, you see what the line combos are. I'm telling you, just just go get it. It's like $3 for a whole year, or at least yeah. it was seven years ago when I first bought it. Um, all right, back on to us. We are 5-Hole uh, Fantasy Hockey. You guys can find us on Spotify. You know, iTunes, anywhere you guys are finding podcasts, we're there. Uh, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We got that fantasy hockey discord. I spend way too much time in there. So <laughs> if you got any questions, <laughs> there's a good chance I'll see it. Um, can't get to everybody. There's 1,700 people in there, all crazy fantasy hockey fans. So if you want to come hang out, man, like we're, you know, it's a free, it's a great community. There's resources all over the place. Uh, you know, and we're not stingy. We're, we're sharing stuff from like other podcasts and stuff. So it's not like, you know, we're not trying to, Corral everybody into just our, you know, family or whatever. It's it's community. Yeah. You know, we don't. Everybody's a colleague. There's no competition here. So I, I like the idea of, uh, you know, support the community, and and that's something that we're pretty big on. So come hang out, talk hockey. You know, there's there's channels for food if you if you're smoking something. Uh, it's a good time. <laughs> so yeah, really good, really good community. I'm happy about it.
3: Good stuff. Good for you guys. Yeah, that's that's huge. Seventeen hundred members, that's a big deal. I, I am actually on your Discord server and there's always good stuff in there. I think it's just there's so many good hockey minds out there. Um it's just a good place to just exchange ideas and, and learn something maybe you didn't know yesterday. So
2: and even if you just want to talk shit, just get in there and you know, <laughs> let out some energy and, and pop out. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. Stir the pot and leave. Yep. <laughs> Alrighty. And then uh, for our listeners, if you don't know already, uh, follow us on Twitter at FH Hacks and then on Instagram, Fantasy Hockey Hacks. Check out the website, fantasyhockeyhacks.com. TJ, thank you once again, and we'll talk to you soon.
2: Thanks, guys. Take care.
3: You too. Thank you.
0: Take care.
3: Bye, Felicia.